there are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours, even if you're already a client. If you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization. If you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, web mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free fill out the two-minute form and you will not regret it literally zero downside unlimited potential for growth so do yourself a favor revenue driven cmo.com slash free no hyphens no punctuations you will be happy about that decision hello everybody welcome to another exciting episode of revenue driven cmo i'm your man chris mechanic we have an awesome guest here today who's just uh inspiring in many different ways So I'm super excited to be speaking with her. She's been ranked a top marketing leader seven times as best of state and nationally uh, recognized as one of the elite women in mortgage. She's an expert in strategic design, sales, and marketing innovation, and uh, really has a knack for shaping emerging leaders through a concept that she has coined called radical generosity. Uh, which is an amazing way to uh, find purpose in your work, but it also has a way of paying dividends. She's currently CMO at American Pacific Mortgage, which is a large player in the uh, mortgage lending space. And she is Melissa Wright. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you, Chris. I'm so happy to be here. Me too. Me too. I can feel the energy. I feel the love. I think this is going to be an awesome episode. Uh, And as always, we like to start uh, with really the punchline. So that is after many, many years as a leader on the sales side, on the marketing side, and amazing success, what would you say is one of your best kept secrets to success in marketing and sales and life? Well, a little giveaway in how you introduced me, but I believe it's generosity. And I think generosity pays dividends if you lean into it. And generosity might initially feel like something that you're contributing or paying towards. And I believe that generosity shows up in a lot of different ways. And let me just break down maybe four of those. So generosity might show up in resources. So what you have available to you and how are you using that to benefit others? It might show up with your time. Time is really precious. So when you're you're committing time to projects, to people, to uh, those things, that goes a long way in being generous. It might show up with how you 
share your expertise and being generous with your knowledge, being generous with um, sharing that and, and, and not keeping all that knowledge to yourself and generosity shows up with um, how you celebrate and appreciate others, like really taking the time to be generous with letting your team members know they matter, putting time into and um, celebration and appreciation for uh, just the people in your life. And I believe when all that comes together, you can be generous in both your business and in your life. And those are things that truly pay dividends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And you know, that last one that you said in terms of celebrating, that's one that for me, I could really take a page out of that book. Uh, I think I'm the type of leader I probably don't recognize with kind words enough. Uh, And I do it almost intentionally just so that when I do recognize with kind words, it means a lot. Uh, But I should be more generous with that, you know, like even maybe not like overly generous so that it's just like, hey, Chris is going to compliment me no matter what I do. But some kind words, some kind, genuine uh, words go a really long way with people. And while it's generous, you know, it's very inexpensive. Like it costs nothing, takes almost no time. So I really love, you know, the, the being generous with celebration. Then being, uh, to recap, so four ways to uh, that generosity shows up in being generous with resources, being generous with time, being generous with knowledge, and being generous with celebration and kind words. So uh, that is an awesome framework in uh, a world where all of those things are stretched, right? Especially resources and time. Uh, It -hmm. is definitely a different and sort of contrarian take. Uh, How has this benefited you in your career? Like, can you think of any uh, specific stories where like you were generous, uh, selflessly, and then it turned around to pay dividends. Yes. I'd love to share with you kind of what opened the door to my current role that I have. So I was at the company and I was doing on the sales side, I was recruiting, uh, growing, uh, branches at our footprint in new States and over kind of that day to day of doing the mortgage business. And I went into a meeting And the leader of our company, it was an advisory meeting. So we bring in, uh, we have an advisory board of our own employees and we were meeting with them and he presented and handed out uh, all these new logos. And he said, we've decided that we want to uh, re-logo the company, rebrand the company. And here's some that we've come up with. Why don't you guys vote? I've never seen it. Didn't have anything to do with it at the time. And I'm looking at these saying, this cannot be what we do. I have some expertise in branding. I had my own company for a long time and I just uh, have been through the branding process. And I was like, I don't think they have it right. They're not doing the full scope of it. They're going to miss the mark on this. So I went in to his office and did my pitch and said, uh, please let me have a shot at it. Let me take that on and um give you what you're looking for, get a better brand that represents who we are, that represents where we're trying to go. We had some big um, strategies for, for this. And so through that process, I took it on. I already had a job. I already had plenty to do and a role, but I just felt like I had this expertise 
that I could lean in. And um, I had some resources that I could pull on to help me uh, kind of shape this and pull it together with the team. And we put together what is currently the brand of America Pacific Mortgage. So we went through a, a full brand rework and delivered back um, something that I'm really proud of that we did. And that opened an opportunity for, for me to then take on additional marketing roles. And then it eventually became, you know, CMO of the company. So wow. I found that when you're generous, that's how doors get open. That's how you get opportunities in your career. If you've got an idea or a passion for something, lean into that. Don't yeah. be afraid of that that's not your job. And you just don't know what doors might, you know, open for your career. Wow. So being generous in a way where you were like, hey, don't make this mistake. Let me help you literally led to your career. Like it literally, yeah. and it doesn't sound like you asked for a promotion. It doesn't sound like you asked for more, but it just like serendipitously led to more. Yeah. I just, uh, I knew I could help. And so I just, I took it to, through the rebrand, presented it back. They loved it. So then I did the whole implementation of the brand. So I'm doing this at the same time I'm doing my other role. And then with, with time, I just said, I, I want to keep this. Can I keep marketing and what I'm doing? And then it got to a point where it was like, okay, I'll just do the marketing side. Other people can do the the sales and production of the day-to-day of kind of how we're bringing in. So I could really lean in. And then we wrote a strategy. I mean, a goal for the company was how do we bring widespread awareness of American Pacific Mortgage to the marketplace? Because our brand wasn't well-known. We we were pretty good size, but we weren't well-known. So then that became, uh, I walked, we went into our, you know, our annual strategic planning meeting and we were setting goals. And I'm like, I want to take that one. I want to take, bring your widespread awareness of the brand. And so yeah. then I became that goal owner and then built out strategies. And then it kind of just evolved um, over time. But it's it's been really fun to like start there and then, you know, crafted into something that's really great and fun. Yeah, no, I love the brand. It's very well done. I love the typography. And uh, from the homepage, the We Bring People Home, that's uh, that's a really strong tagline. Thank and, you. Uh, and I love the image in the back. Like, it doesn't look like stock, like, it doesn't look like a stock photo. I don't know if it is or not, but it certainly looks like a, like a genuine and original, uh, photography all the photography around the site looks really nice so very very well done but i think melissa you know um there is probably a deeper level to this uh in terms of generosity uh copywriters like people that write you know direct response copy one of their tenants so they have different tenants such as scarcity urgency you know uh benefits over features things like that but one of them that i've heard about is the law of reciprocity so when you do something that is authentically generous the receiver of that generosity almost can't help but to want to reciprocate and to want to do something generous and nice for you so it works in marketing, 
Like if, you know, if your offer is such that it's just like so high value, then, you know, the downloader of that content or the consumer, you know, of that offer is like, wow, this was amazing. This was free. I can't believe that. And so they feel compelled to take the next steps, but it turns out it works in life too. Definitely. I mean, that's, that's what's so fun to talk about is it's just not a common thing that is discussed, but if you pause and look back at your life or times that you've had this generosity, it, it is both ways. Like you said, I mean, my, my goal would be, is there a way that just bringing more awareness to generosity that people can grab onto one thing, one thing that they can like, oh yeah, I could do that better. Oh yeah, that that is a way I can be generous and kind of just more community, more connections. I love talking about how you're experienced, how people experience you and you might be you as a person, you might be you as a company, but like, how, how are you experienced? And um, what is the, the one-to-one experience? What's the online experience? People that don't know you, people that know you, and how do you want them to, to feel? And so I kind of let that fuel marketing as well as just showing up as a leader and showing up for, for my team and for my company. It's, I'm always kind of like going back to that, like, how are they experiencing you? And there's yeah. like a bunch of strategies of how you can do that, but just keeping it top of mind. So uh, life is hard and work is hard and there's always that grind to it all. But I also feel like you can you can show up really well and make the time matter when you're there. And so I just love, I love talking about all of this stuff because I, I really think it, we all want to have purpose and we all want to know that our, our work has some impact and that the things that we do not only help hit, you know, revenue and sales goals or income goals, but also on the people side, the humanity side that we can show and have some impact. And I believe just being generous with different areas, you can be generous with your energy. That might be another way that you want to be generous. It's just being, or being generous with being present. And, uh, you know, the list goes on and on of all the ways that, um, that you can be generous, that um, I just think it shows up in life and business. And in business, that was the big moment of leaning in and taking the logo and the rebrand. That was a big moment to be generous because I already had a job and now I'm taking on a pretty big, massive project that wasn't mine. Generosity in life looks like I'm going to host and cook Thanksgiving dinner for for my family. So there's just, um, I just, try to keep it as part of, you know, what I do. So my work feels like it matters more. Yeah. No, that makes sense. So I'm going to say one thing that's more toward kind of the philosophical side. Some might think it's like woo woo, but then I'm going to say one thing, uh, and it might be more of a question to you about like how to action this for marketing leaders. The philosophical piece is in life, you tend to get what you give in a lot of cases. If you're nice to somebody, they tend to be nice to you. If you're generous with somebody, they tend to be generous with you, right? If you spend a lot of time creating awesome content, you tend to 
get a lot of awesome leads, right? If you give love, you get love. If you generally, if you like somebody else, genuinely, they probably like you back and vice versa. You know, like if you're just being nice to somebody, but you don't actually like them, they're probably just being nice to you too, but don't actually like you. Right. It, it works in a lot of ways like that. But there's a uh, last thing on uh, philosophical. So like in far Eastern religions, like Buddhism and things, they believe that there's this flow of energy. So like the, so in order for you to receive things, you have to give things, you know, like somebody who's just like hoarding all the resources and all the time and just being themselves, like it's probably not going to experience much uh, flowing freely into their uh, lives. So that's the woo woo philosophical part of it. Right. Cause I'm into this stuff. Like I'm a meditator, you know, I, I'm into Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and these kind of like new age thinkers, but don't hold it against me on the, you know, on the uh, more actionable side of things, I'm thinking about marketing leaders and I'm thinking about the interplay between the marketing teams and other teams, which is sometimes kind of combative, you know, like marketing is in charge of driving leads, sales is in charge of closing those leads. And a lot of times there's tension there. Sometimes they can be really productive relationships. But the marketers will always have suggestions for the sales team, and the sales team will always have suggestions for the marketers. Oftentimes, those suggestions are good ones, but they tend to not really get heard maybe in the way that they're intended because it might come off as an attack or a criticism or something. But it sounds like in that branding story that you talked about, you did a really good job of treading that line between like... uh between you know trying to so if you did it poorly it might come off as like oh you know you guys suck at branding i'm better and be met you know with with resistance but how do you frame it up in such a way so say you're a marketing leader and you've got some really good ideas for the sales team how do you frame those ideas in such a way or how do you communicate that in such a way that it comes off more as like, hey, this person's being generous, going out of their way to help, and less like, hey, this person's trying to tell me how to do my job. Yeah, I see what you're saying with that. Because um, you don't want it, it to come across that you're it, taking over or someone's incompetent. Um, right. First of all, you got to have the relationship to be able to do that. Yeah. So uh, I had a really good relationship with uh, the owners of the company that I could confidently go in and put it in context. So a lot of times when ideas come up between sales, it doesn't matter whatever department that is, that there's kind of coming together, but let's just say sales. Most of the time, what happens is things aren't being in context. They're just the stuff that's like floating around. And if you can kind of frame it and put it in context, that really does help get you listening and participating. One of my favorite books, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Oh, I mean, yeah. that is timeless book, right? And I just love so much, seek first to understand, then be understood. And so you have to kind of lead with that, especially on the 
on when you're seeking out feedback. So you've got to be able to go into a meeting and be able to seek that feedback. I participated in one yesterday. Uh, I mentioned advisory meeting. We had one again uh, just yesterday. And in that setting, I didn't participate this time in speaking at or presenting ideas. I was there simply to listen. And I listened to the sales people on what are they up against? What are they kind of like the stuff they need? And then just let that resonate. And then I can come back later with some solutions for it. And so there's a lot of that that goes on. Um, I had a team member call me that was really frustrated with her, uh, with a team that was two different teams going back and forth, different departments, trying to hit the overall goal. We were we we're all in the same company. We're all trying to hit the same objective, but how you get there sometimes is vastly different. And it became kind of this defensive, like, um, almost guarding, protecting your work. Like you were talking about, how do you how do you lean into that where people don't feel like you're trying to take over? Well, I think there might have been some of that where you know it was like, don't make me feel like I don't know how to do my job, or don't make me feel like I don't matter. And so, um, just you know, kind of helping them kind of lean into that. And it always has to be. You have to understand. You have to be willing to listen before you just start throwing out all your ideas. And then you also, um, I think it's just really important that um, you kind of layer in with the context. Why? So I, with the branding story, really led with my passion for the company and my love for the company, where, where I thought the company could go and why the brand was so important. And then my experience in running the brands, some experience where I got right, some I got wrong, and felt like if you let me have a stab at this, I will come back and show you um, what we what we can do. And so it it evolved. And then you know you have more and more of those, and then kind of trust builds from there. But yeah. I think uh, kind of leading with heart and leading with kind of your passion, I, I find people will will let you you go with it. Yeah, yeah. No, I have one other uh, question on the generosity side. Is uh... When do you say no? Or do you say no? <laughs> I know, right? There are is, days is there that I was like, there's so much on my plate. And then I'm like, I did some of this to myself. I mean, I did kind of say, I can take it. I can yeah. um, make, um, you know, there's always projects that I'm raising my hand and saying, "I let me, let me have at that. Let me kind of take it. And then there are moments where you're like, wow, that was a little much. And so I recently had that where there were too many big projects. And so I went back to our president and said, here's all the things that are on my plate, whether you handed them to me or I raised my hand for them. Here's all the things, please prioritize these for me because there's no way I can do them all. And maybe I hadn't always been that way. I mean, I would hope with time and and wisdom and experience you uh, you're able to do that uh, without, because I don't want to burn out. I don't want to um, create ineffectiveness where I'm so stressed that I don't show up well. So I just decided to meet with him and go through every single thing and have him prioritize and help me take some off the list, move some back, shuffle, and needed him to understand. And so we had some really good conversations on that. So sometimes no idea. comes out of that after the fact. <laughs> yeah. Just, um, 
because everyone realizes there's there comes a point where you, you can't do it all. But if you kind of lead with heart and some passion and then just prioritize and, and don't give away your most important things that are to you. Like I like one thing for me, I I rarely will open my email before 8 a.m. That's kind of one of my things. Like I don't. Yeah. And um, so that wasn't something that I was willing to give up um, to just, you know, work more. It was right. just, I want to work a little better and yeah. pull in resources and people to, to help with it. Yeah. So I imagine you probably get hit up all the time by like younger people asking for mentorship and advice. Like you say yes to those every time um, for the most part, uh, for the most part, I, I try to do more by, you know, just trying to lead by example. Um, I, I push out videos every week just with some advice and tips of, uh, how to show up really well in life and in business. Oh, so really? hoping that can help with um, some of that. So uh, you can watch um, my videos there. They're mostly on LinkedIn or on my YouTube channel oh, uh, where I just, uh, yeah, I just try to give things that way. That has helped with scale and being able to um, reach um, with just some little, little things, just some top of mind topics and, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really having fun doing that. I'm looking forward to doing more of them in 24. I just started in 23. So it was actually a year ago. So I started in November of 22. And then, so now, yeah, I've been doing it for a while and now I've got a kind of some adjusted strategies for next year, but I'm really loving those and doing more and more just like two minute tips. Um, oh, that's, that's awesome. Something you can do for, for the week, uh, ways you can make connections, ways that you can, um, have better collaborations, ways that you can, um, kind of lean into generosity, a whole variety of things. Yeah, no, that's a really good idea. So you can just refer them. You can be like, Hey, yeah, I'm happy to mentor you. You can watch a hundred videos with all my best ideas right here for free. That's great. <laughs> It's just, it's one way, but I love um, any opportunity I can to kind of coach and, and help a team member is my favorite thing to do because you can do it with time. You can do it with a lot of opportunities where things come up where you can kind of mentor and, and build up tomorrow's leaders. That's, yeah. that's amazing. I love doing that. That's awesome. Cool. So let's talk about APM a little bit. Um, let's do it. What does what does your team look like? Like how many? Because you're in charge of sales and marketing. So sales shows up on the sales side. What what it is is all the sales technology. So we use a lot of um, variety of things uh, that our sales use or what we use. But we have some really great innovative um, for the sales. So let me let me back it up and give a little bit about the company. So yeah. American Pacific Mortgage. We are a nationally based company across all states. We operate a lot of brands. So we're American Pacific Mortgage or APM is what we refer ourselves a lot. But also we allow DBAs in our brand or team names. We've really leaned into that personal brand, that local brand, and letting that drive what brings business in the door. And so we operate like a hundred 
DBAs in our company. So we're American wow. Pacific Mortgage. Probably half of our locations are that, but people can do business as another name, like in Orlando or in Texas or you know wherever that, you're at. We that's pretty awesome. The state allows it, and um, but so, we do that, and so that is creates its own interesting dynamic for marketing. So let me let me ask you something about that. So. I'm very curious about that model because it's it's almost like franchising in a way, but I'm curious. Is that right? Like it's like like it's a the, little the Orlando operation like has its own owner, I guess, or like managing director, and they have their own. I guess it, maybe it I'll could say be that like, big, but it's not always that big. It literally could be a team of uh, loan advisors, your mortgage advisors. They could be just a group of them operating under a DBA. Doesn't necessarily mean that they have a big um, division director or something. Sometimes, if they're large, yes, we would have that. But it it can go from maybe a brand that has that brand in twenty five locations, or literally a team of two or three. Yeah, well, that must be awesome for like local search. Because the key to local search is having an address like in that location. But um, I can't imagine that's the reason why. Like, why did you guys do it like that? Forgive me if that's like a dense question. No, it's not. We just, we kind of started that way. So our company, initially, we had a large operating branch. Our first kind of branch, you know, started in the 90s and it had a different name. Mm. And when... uh, we decided to start American Pacific Mortgage. Then that became the parent company, the main um, lender that's kind of supporting all the sales. So our business model is we drive business and revenue and customers in the door through these local advisors. So mm-hmm. we have, uh, they, they come by a lot of names, their loan advisors, their mortgage advisors, their loan officers, it's all the same thing. It's just kind mm-hmm. of uh, what you call them. And they're all over. And so their role is to work with the customer, source the customer, and kind of be that face and kind of shepherd their loan along. And then we as the company support them with with the money, with the products, with all the, the corporation functions you need to do lending. Uh, we're highly regulated. And so there's a lot that kind of goes into getting a mortgage. But when it comes to the sales side, we're focused on fueling them, fueling those loan advisors with what they need. So if they want to do a brand that's personal for them or something that connects with their local market, we'll let them do that. Because if that helps them create a more personal brand and as time and time go by, we know that today's consumers are really showing us that they prefer on the to work with people than companies. They prefer to know the people more than just know your expertise. So yeah. we've really been kind of leaning into the personal brand side of it and helping these loan advisors develop their own personal brand, get them out on social media, not just as a company, help them lead with content and you know help them be generous so they have a lot of information homeownership is is it can be daunting it can be rewarding it can be um 
where you don't think it's obtainable or you think it's easy, whatever, wherever you are on the scale, lead with generosity of what you know. You know, today's home buyers are finding, you know, that like the numbers like 75% or more people get their financial literacy off social media. It's really? wild. That's um, sad. And so how do we do that? We've got to show up in that space too, as a company and as loan advisors to lead with education, to lead with um, tips for solutioning and ways just helping people get the right information because there, there's a lot of wrong information. If that's how they're searching and sourcing and getting their financial literacy, we've got to do better there. And so we're constantly pushing out company content, but then my role is also to help all these advisors. And we have like 1800 of them across the nation yeah, and I'm helping them lean into how do they connect with consumers? How did they source consumers? How did they, um, build trust with people. How do they, how are they going to experience you? So I, I love talking to them about that. And, and that is something fascinating because that has changed. It did, you know, it used to be uh, consumers really kind of leaned into the company. What is the company all about? And that matters, but I would argue it matters more so of who they're actually working with day in and day out and knowing them and knowing their expertise. So our yeah. marketing is kind of this, harmonious of making sure the company brand is stellar, making sure the company has plenty of content and information to educate and inform home buyers. And then also that we help them become the expert, help them lead out with being that expert so they can connect with and source customers. That is fascinating. I'm sorry. I'm so fascinated by this. I just have one other question. So like how do the DBAs come to be? So I see in Maryland, you've got one DBA in California, you've got a bunch. Uh, does that happen? Um, I guess, is it, is it like you and the leadership team are like, Hey, we need a new location in Pismo beach, California. Like let us go and, find somebody to lead that location or is it more like hey you know we already have 10 people in pismo beach like let's just spin that off into pismo beach mortgage i guess how, what's the chronology of opening a new dba i guess is the question it's mostly um it kind of leads with us wanting to be in a certain market and then we find people who are already in that market doing well mm -hmm. in the mortgage space and so then we recruit them and bring them on. And then we pitch them the two. Here's what you get if you take the American Pacific Mortgage or APM brand. Here's what you get and all the support that you get with that. Or we also support DBAs. So if you already have one, we'll let you keep it. Why change your name if you don't have to? Some yeah. people own their DBAs, some people don't. So if you have one, just take that. Don't name change and disrupt your business. Keep that. Some people are like, I've always wanted to be a DBA. I'm so glad to work for a company that allows one. I want to start. So we find it's kind of this mix. So some people really want to take the company brand because it's well-known and they want to piggyback on that and get not have to redo anything. Like we provide them with everything they need when it's the brand. And when they do the DBA, they got to go through kind of their own stuff. 
and we'll support them with a with a with a logo design, but they kind of have to do their heavy lifting themselves. And so some people really want that and some people don't. Also, so they do like their own bookkeeping, their own taxes. No, no, no. Own... We do all that. It's okay. just the name. Mm-hmm. It's just really like the name. So we're they're all W2 part of one company, but we oh, I see. um but we allow them to operate as um you know a name if it allows it. Now, not every single state allows a corporation to have unlimited DBAs. Some will only allow you to say have two. And so we might be capped where we already have two DBAs in a certain state. And so whoever else joins after that, they're going to have to be APM. California doesn't, you can see by the list, I mean, they don't have a restriction. And so um, there's many DBAs. And we started in California. And so that's why uh, the presence is a lot larger. And we kind of started with encouraging the DBA uh, because we were uh, at the time kind of keeping the the company, the infrastructure more of that than a market leader. And then when we yeah. shifted our brand to be lead with the brand, then we're finding more and more people are happy to take that on. Wow, this is really fascinating. And uh, so I'm a geeky marketer at heart, right? I can't help but to think of the potential uh, with regard to, well, what you said, which was like personal branding, like teaching everybody how to sort of do their own LinkedIn and their own socials. Brilliant. I can't help but to think about the local SEO play. Like you got, because like if you search for like, you know, mortgage company near me, the results that are going to show are going to be physically you know, within a certain proximity of you. So that's really the the key to ranking for those local search results. Mm-hmm. But man, if we could, if you could do that uh, globally, it would be a huge undertaking, right? Because everybody would need, you might, yeah, you probably would need different websites for each of them. But I see some of them have their own websites, like bigvalleymortgage.com has its mm-hmm. own full-blown website. Most, most of them do. And, even loan officers will have their own websites sometimes. So oh they will, because they're really trying to build their identity. So they're found on our site, but then they also might um, have a site where they're trying to really showcase them. And again, back to their personal brand, sometimes that gets lost if you only are in your your company's website. And so uh, we'll we'll support that. We have to monitor it. I mean, there's a lot of uh, things that we're required to do to make sure that it connects with and shows they're part of American Pacific Mortgage too. We can't just looking like they're their own companies, like they're, they're, you know, a division or part of American Pacific Mortgage, but yeah, we have fun with it. Uh, We have fun with allowing people to explore their brands and really uh, driving into the local. We think that's uh, just a huge differentiator for someone who, works in, lives in part of the community, knows knows the local housing market and can really kind of serve the client the best. Yeah. Wow. Call that center is, or someone centrally located. That is awesome. The most, the coolest thing I've uh, seen ever. 
And because I'm, I'm thinking about it almost from the perspective of our own business, because at this point we have team members in like 30 different states. I think in mortgage, for sure, you want to work with somebody local, like because that's such a big and important decision. Uh, I think in digital marketing, a lot of times clients like to work with somebody local too. Yeah. So you've given I mean, me something to think about. It here. does. It, the local is, um, it's everything. I mean, we're talking about home ownership, getting that home and a huge financial um, responsibility with that and opportunity. And so we take that very serious of what, what is home ownership? What does it provide? What, what we get to play a role in helping enable that. I mean, it's just such a beautiful thing to do. I mean, to have yeah. to own your own place and make it your yours. And so we do that through a lot of creative solutions. We do that um, in trying to educate. I mean, that's that's um probably foundational of everything is just making sure people know and know uh not only like how to get a loan, how to get a mortgage, but also like what's all involved with it, you know. Uh, what is the process like? What what do you need to know? What what do you need to dispel that's out on the media that may not be quite actual? Um, you know what what is going on with today's market? And it's been a wild yeah. ride in twenty three. <laughs> totally, totally. Are you guys generally back in the office? Like, are all the DBAs each of them have their own office space, or is it mostly mm-hmm. remote? Uh, yeah. A little bit of both. Most of the local. Um, offices are in office uh, at the company. It, we have a, a combination of people that live local and will come into the office uh, on a hybrid schedule. So they'll come three days a week, two days off. And if you're remote based, then you're just remote. So um, I'm remote based. <laughs> so yeah. I'm talking to you from my home office, which I'm here most of the time. And then one week a month, I go work in our corporate office. Oh, cool. I really like your background. Is that real? Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. It's a really cool texturized wall there. Thank you. So um, I've got two last questions for you, and then we'll get to the lightning round. Sorry, I digressed a little bit and spent a lot of time on that DBA thing because it's so yeah. fascinating. Happy to talk about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, we'll have to get together uh, again after this. But um, uh, challenges, I'm sure there's many with that many DBAs, but like, what are some of the the current challenge is keeping you up at night. It's uh, housing affordability, housing lack of inventory. It's a real thing. If your uh, rates were low for so long that uh, people really grabbed a really low interest rate, 80% of people with mortgages are under 4%. Yeah. So those people don't want to give up their homes. Right, because they've got really low rates, and rates aren't there today. It's double that, right? So yeah. you're uh, you don't want to give that up. And then with lack of inventory, because we're not building fast enough, or people aren't reselling their houses to replenish and get more inventory, it just keeps driving up prices. And then you've got affordability. So some of the yeah. things that keep us up at night is how how do we get more people into homes? How do we um, combat the affordability? How do we combat the education that it is okay to buy. Now you don't have to wait. What will happen if you wait? You know, there's kind of this combination of pricing still going up, 
there may come a point where you can't afford and then yet there's the lack of inventory. So that is definitely what keeps me and everybody up at night is yeah. we're a little bit frozen a bit in our industry. And um, until the Fed kind of brings down rates again, we're we, there's all this pent up demand that's going to be here. But if there's no inventory for them, it's right. just, that's the dance we have right now. Man, that's a tough one. I wish I had a solution for that. But there was a really nice um, CPI rant that everybody responded favorably to. Like inflation is basically coming down, which means that the Fed probably won't increase much more. And uh, they may even, well, it was just one month's report. But if if that continues, they may even start to do some easing here shortly. That is what we're waiting for. That's what the stock market needs. We need them to start to ease. Like after yes, that report, were, it was like the crazy day in the stock market. Yes, it was. It's been a wild week. So potentially we're starting to see those signs that we've needed to get us there. But that is definitely what keeps us up because with that means, you know, our business is down, which means our teams are smaller. And so we're having to do the same amount of work or even more so with less people. And yeah. I'm really trying to protect the company and make sure we have the revenue we need to survive. That's a tough one. So um, are there, uh, last question is initiatives or plans. Like, do you guys have anything uh, planned for 2024 uh, from a marketing perspective that's um, exciting? There's a lot of um, opportunities with, some of the growth we've had and some of the new markets that we've opened up that we can really kind of lean in and help grow those markets, expand them. Um, We will do more and more uh, in some of those markets where we just kind of started. Maybe we're only a year in, maybe we're only six months in. So that is a big strategy, uh, a strategy around, I want to really lean into AI and see how that's going to play out and see how I can use that more and more for scale with limited resources. Um, That's been fun to kind of watch that evolve. And I'm um, integrating some of that into a lot of our technology that we're using. There's some really cool things we're doing with our CRM with, um, we call it customer intelligence. So really leaning into more and more data to serve up, um, like we'll, we'll know if there's a life event for one of our, our, people in our database or clients, like we'll know if they had a life event, well, that will trigger an opportunity for us to do some great targeted marketing, specific personalized marketing. When we know they just got married, we'll be alerted of that. So then we can serve up. So that is some wow. stuff we're going to do. In Does that link into Facebook or how do you get that data? Um, we, I don't know where they get the data because it's all part of our CRM partner has the data. And so they've got all that figured out. Um, I'm going to roll it into our CRM. So then we'll drive marketing strategies, campaigns, targeted at like all the things on those life events. Interesting. Interesting. Graduations, marriages, divorces, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's like public record that you can get. And then they, pull big data in and then we can do some really creative marketing with it. Wow. That's awesome. 
Well, Melissa, this has been fantastic. It's been really inspiring for me. I learned a lot here. Uh, Thank you, you, Chris. You got my wheels turning on DBAs, uh, so I'm definitely going to look into that (laughs) more. Call me again and we'll chat. (laughs) I'm sure that a lot of the people listening here have also learned something and really enjoyed this. Uh, If they want to learn more about you or APM, where would you direct them? Please um, connect with me on LinkedIn. That is uh, where I show up the most. And you can find me just Melissa Wright, American Pacific Mortgage. You'll find me there and I've got videos and just connect with me there. I would love it. I would love um, to answer any questions or or continue these uh, discussions. So please um, connect with me there. Brilliant. All right. Stay on the line for just one moment, Melissa. We'll wrap up. Um, Thank you also to our listeners here today. And uh, if you enjoyed this, we really would appreciate a five-star rating wherever you get your pods. That's super helpful. Uh, And you can find links to everything that we talked about here, including Melissa's LinkedIn profile in the show notes. But that was another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. And we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revenuedrivencmo.com. That's revenuedrivencmo.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, Web Mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. And that's just because you're a listener of this podcast. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision.